Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. July 2022. I'm Chris Lynch and this is the Cape League Roundup Podcast and let's get started with a pair of, oh man, we had a couple of wild games yesterday. So um, we're actually going to start with some standings movement because we had a game that flipped around the first and second place teams in the West. Uh, Hyannis is now scuffling. They've lost three games in a row. They were the first team to secure a spot in the now very upcoming postseason, and uh, they have been on a bit of a skid. They've lost their last three games in a row, including a 7-5 loss at the Katuit Kettleers last night. Again, 7-5 the final. The way the scoring breaks down for this one, Hyannis was leading 2-1 at the end of the second inning. Katuit ties it in the bottom of the fourth, takes the lead with a one-run tally in the bottom half of the fifth to go up 3-2. Hyannis takes back the lead in the top half of the sixth, 4-3, and then Katuit explodes in the bottom half of the sixth for a four-run outburst. In no small part, Hyannis aided that in five defensive errors throughout the course of the game. That's terrible. That's just... You can't win with that, guys. <laughs> um, of the <clears throat> of the seven runs they gave up, only four of them were earned. Take away the three unearned runs, they win that game 5-4. to four. Of course, you can't do that because you can't wipe bad defense out. But yeah, that was... Uh that was a rough game as far as their, their defense was concerned. There were 24, excuse me, 26 hits between the two sides. There was a lot of offense constantly going back and forth. Hyannis got one run to cut it to a two-run game in the eighth inning, but they couldn't get anyone across to uh, sew it up. The win goes to Cam Schulke from Northwood University, came on in relief. For his ninth outing, he threw an inning and two-thirds, gave up three hits and a run with one strikeout. Um, he, Everyone except for the last guy who pitched gave up at least one run on the Katuit side. They managed to spread out the damage kind of okay. The save goes to Ryan Bruno from Stanford, who faced a grand total of two batters. He gave up one hit and got one strikeout. So good work in order to try and survive that one. Uh, the loss goes to Ty Langenberg from Iowa, an Iowa City native, actually. He goes two innings. He gives up five hits, four runs, three of them earned. He walks two. He strikes out one. And the starter in this game, Austin Strickland from Kentucky, did a all right job. I mean, five innings, seven hits, three runs, one walk. Only one of the runs he gave up was earned, and he struck out five. That's... That's okay. That's not anything spectacular. That's not anything great, but it's okay. Uh, Mitch Jeb, the DH in this one, had three hits and three at-bats, walked twice, drove in two runs, and scored four runs. He had the big offensive game for the um, for the Harbor Hawks on the Cavalier side of things. Actually, their number nine hitter, Sam Ruta from 
I have to say it in this type of voice, the United States Military Academy, because, you know, it just sounds a little bit more uh, official and appropriate to describe it as the United States Military Academy, because, you know, I think that sounds pretty neat. He, um, he played third base. He had two hits. He had two doubles. He drove in three runs in this game. He came up with a bunch of big-time plays and looked really solid throughout. So good work on Katsuit for finding people from everywhere. They, they do a good job in scouting, and that's why they're back into first place. They get a very important win. And the way that the matchups now look, Katsuit would be facing Falmouth in round one. And Hyannis would be facing Bourne. And actually, even that is not set in stone who the home team would be. Bourne is at 19-14-6. Another very exciting game that we're going to get to. They're now just two points back of Hyannis. And the Harbor Hawks have lost three games in a row. So it is not outside the realm of possibility that Hyannis could fall. Like They could fall out of... Uh, second place if they keep up on this skid and if Bourne keeps playing the way that they have. We've still got enough season that that could absolutely end up going down. So let's get to the eastern side of the wild, wild, wild time and let's go to Brewster at which... (laughs) The matchup between the Brewster Whitecaps and the Wareham Gatemen was special like i've seen some wild baseball games throughout the course of the season throughout the course of my involvement in the league i've never seen a game go down the way that this one did so at the end of the fifth inning the gate men and white caps were were uh, at a six to nothing score for the wareham gate men then in the seventh inning brewster scored seven runs the first nine batters all came up and all reached base for the white caps They had 12 batters come to bat in that inning. They tacked on one more run in the eighth. Then Wareham struck for three in the top of the ninth. Brewster tied it in the bottom of the ninth and couldn't get the last run across. The game ended in a 9-9 tie. Also, we had one guy who played three different defensive positions who came in uh, as a uh, replacement for the shortstop and played defensively at second, then went at shortstop, then went over to second base for a time, then went over to third base to finish out the game. Yeah, this uh, this game was kind of wild. So, uh, how did all of this happen? Well, partly bad Brewster defense. They gave up three errors in this one. Again, uh, four of the runs, actually all four of the runs attributed to Heston Toll, started this game from Texas, were uh, entirely unearned. He gave up five hits and four runs. All four of them were unearned. He walked two. He struck out two. Uh, they tried bullpenning their way through. Actually, both teams had six different pitchers, so uh, pitching was optional in this one. Uh, though it's worth noting that Wareham's starter, Grayson Moore from Vanderbilt, was extremely effective. Five innings, two hits, no runs, two walks, and seven strikeouts. He had a fabulous effort. And then the Wareham bullpen completely fell apart. So the actual way that the scoring worked out was, again, three runs come home in the top half of the first inning. All of those runs were unearned. One more run in the third, which was also unearned. One more run in the fourth which was a uh, double by Will Rogers to bring in Max Anderson. 
They uh, get one run to lead off the top half of the fifth inning. Carter Graham hits a home run. That was not unearned. He just hit a bomb. Very nicely done. Uh, And then the sixth inning, nothing. And then the seventh inning, everything. So here is the sequence of the bottom half of the seventh inning. Hit by pitch. Wild pitch to move up the first guy. Walk. Single on the infield to load the bases up. Switch pitcher. Next guy, walk. Run scores. Next guy, walk. Run scores. Next guy, ground rule double. Two runs score. Second and third. Next guy, single. Two runs score. Next guy, single. Change pitchers. Yeah, they... (laughs) Uh, Yeah... That that that's what happened. Nick Nico Maza from Southern Miss uh, faced a grand total of five batters. He got none of them out. He gave up three hits. He gave up two walks, and the inning was still not yet done. Uh, next guy walk. Next guy ground ball out to score a run to put the Whitecaps ahead. Next guy pinch hitter. Fielder's choice to move some people up. Uh, nothing more. Next guy, strikeout swinging to end the inning. Twelve batters came up in that frame. That's just that's just ludicrous. A uh, little bit of threatenings uh, happening in the eighth to come a little bit closer. Then in the ninth, Davis Diaz from Vanderbilt hits a home run on the first pitch he sees and makes it a two-run game. And then the ninth had even more zaniness. So the way that goes down is uh, Whitecaps are two outs away from getting the victory, but Wareham loads the bases. They call up Cam Meyer, a pinch hitter from Georgetown, who ropes a triple to uh, right center field, brings in all three runs to put the Gatemen ahead 9-8. to eight. Then in the bottom half of the ninth inning, on the second pitch thrown, Curtis Byrne, the catcher from TCU, launches a home run well out. So, um, yeah, that's just... That's how that ends up working out. This game had absolutely everything, and it ends in a 9-9 to tie in just the most bonkers sort of way imaginable. Uh, Wareham does get a point out of it. They're now six points back in the last playoff spot. They're not officially eliminated yet, but they're... They would have to really start winning a whole bunch of games in order to do so. They're six points back of Falmouth, who themselves are five points back of Bourne. It's just a question to see if Wareham actually can make it close, but it's going to be a bit tricky for them to do so, especially considering they're one, six, and three in their last 10 games. Though they have won and tied their last two against YD and Brewster, who now are the top two teams in the East. And by the way, Brewster. Uh, 15, 17, and 7 is their record at 37 points. They're now one up on Harwich, who had an opportunity to at least get a point. And here's the thing. Harwich has already claimed the season series with the Whitecaps. They're 1-3-1 and one at the present moment. So even if Brewster does win their next matchup against Harwich... They can't, like, if it ends in a tie between those two, Harwich would be the two seed and Brewster would be the three seed. So it would be Harwich with home field for that hypothetical playoff series. So um, they do need to, if the Whitecaps want to have home field, they actually do need to finish ahead of Harwich. 
Um, and the way that they had an opportunity to win their game against Bourne and couldn't is a real big step backwards. So I mentioned that already. The Bourne Braves beat the Harwich Mariners 2-1 to in a pitching duel with a fabulous, fabulous finish. I should just make quick note of how the starters performed um, in this one. Gage Zeal from Miami throws the first five innings in this game. He gives up one run, which was unearned. He gave up two hits. He walked one. He struck out seven. He was fabulous and was able to do an awful lot in his outing. And born starter Rob Adams from Southeastern University is also fabulous. He throws six innings, gives up no runs, gives up four hits, walks two, and strikes out five. He cruises for most of the game and does a really, really good job to keep the team in it and give a chance to uh, to win this one. The offense, the way that the scoring broke down, there was one run that came home in the bottom half of the fifth inning. It was an unearned run. Ryan Enos gets on, on an error by the shortstop. He moves over on what is a fielder's choice for the batter, but safe at second on an error by Harwich's second baseman. They move him up on a sacrifice uh, on the next one. Enos then moves up to third, and Enos comes home and scores on a wild pitch. That's how Bourne gets their first run, and it looked like it could have held up. We get into the ninth inning, and here's the sequence. Ethan O'Donnell gets a single off of um, off of Bourne's first reliever, who came on uh, Craig Scherer from University of Albany in Scanneedles, New York is, well, that's not where the school is. That's where he's from. But he's from Albany, from, I believe they're the Great Danes, but don't quote me on that one. I just don't remember. Um, they get a single off of him. Then they swap him out, bring in Ty Cummings from Campbell to try and close the game out. And O'Donnell moves up on the steal. Uh, there's an error by the shortstop that allows Tommy Seidel to be safe. They get the next guy out on a strikeout. There's a simple ground out to the pitcher that moves the runners up to second and third, but there's still one out away from getting out of this game. And then a wild pitch brings Tommy Seidel to third and Ethan O'Donnell to the plate to tie the game 1-1. Hunter Stokely then grounds out to first base to end the inning. And now what was looking like it was going to be a 1-0 win is a 1-1 tie, but Bourne still gets to hit in the bottom half of the frame. So Carson Jones comes up, takes a ball, then singles. Then Ryan Enos with a single to third base to move him up. Uh, They move up on a sacrifice bunt by John Peck. That's all off of Jacob Edwards. And then they bring in Joe Savino, who replaces him on the hill to face Thomas Thomas Frick, who on the first pitch he sees, singles to left field to score Carson Jones and walk it off to win 2-1 to one for the Bourne Braves. The loss goes to a very good relief performance by Jacob Edwards from Mercer University. And I feel a bit bad for him because, man, three and a third with five hits, a run, two strikeouts. He really did give his team a whole bunch of effort. Joe Savino throws one pitch, and it's the final pitch of the game. So then his team ends up losing it. So that's that's kind of rough. But 
that is how baseball goes. It can be a bit cruel sometimes, and um, yeah, it can be a real cruel game at points. 2-1, the Braves win. They go to 19-14-6, as mentioned earlier. They're only two points back of Hyannis for the second-place spot. So that can absolutely switch and see how uh, that, that can change around. Harwich is now 15-18-6. They're one point back of the Whitecaps. And actually, you look at the Whitecap game and go, man, they could have won that thing and been two points clear. And you're right about that. They could have, but they didn't. So this that, that was a wild game. And then we had two blowouts, which aren't anywhere near as interesting, but they do have some standings impact. So um, YD is scuffling at like not a great time, but also it's very unlikely that they're going to surrender first place in the East. 9-1 is the final against Orleans. They uh, they lose that game. Orleans gets three runs home in the top half of the sixth inning and then piles on for six runs in the top half of the ninth inning. Just, you know, throw more salt in the wound. The loss goes to Bryce Robison from Brigham Young. He throws five innings of six hits and three runs uh, with one walk and three strikeouts. The star of the game truly is Bryce Warricker from Cal Poly St. Louis Obispo, who was magnificent. Throws seven innings, gives up four hits and one run, which was unearned. He walks one. He strikes out six. Uh, He's your pitcher of the year in the Cape League. 33 innings, 30 strikeouts, 7 walks, 20 hits. He is just he's the be- he's been the best pitcher. Also 6 foot 8 240. He's been just utterly spectacular in how well he has controlled the mound. So brilliant job by Bryce Warricker. Brilliant effort by uh, the Firebirds to pile on runs late. Again, six runs come home in the top half of the ninth inning to blow the game out. Also, another error on that one as well. Walk, uh, sacrifice fly to bring home a run. Um, walk to bring home another run. Uh, wild pitch, wild pitch. Uh, single to bring home two more runs. That uh, was a messy inning, but that's a good win for Orleans. They uh, improve to 15, 20, and 4. They are just two points back of Harwich for third place, so they could climb as well. There's a lot of different ways that these standings can work themselves out, including a chance that Orleans misses the playoffs entirely. The Chatham Anglers are still on a good dead run lately, and they have won their last two in a row. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10. They beat the Falmouth Commodores 6 to nothing. They get two runs in the top of the first, one in the third, three in the fifth, and end up blowing the Commodores off their own field. Man, I kind of wouldn't want to face Chatham right about now. They're looking really good. But Rock Riggio hits two home runs in this game and drives in five runs. Guy Garibay Jr. also hits a home run, but like he only ended up driving in one run compared to five, so I guess that's not quite as impressive, I guess. Uh, the win goes to Chatham's starter, Owen Stevenson from Arizona State, whose throw is great. Seven innings, three hits, one walk, no runs, four Ks. A shutout win. Uh, they give the ball over to... Holden Phelps from Missouri. He throws the final two innings with one hit and one K. The loss goes to Falmouth's Joshua Roberge from Southern New Hampshire. Four innings, five hits, three runs, one walk, four Ks. 
And uh, Falmouth, of course, can never get anything going, really. They get one triple from Jace Borfin, and that's kind of it. Um, it's a great win for Chatham. They get exactly what they need to, which is, which is keeping pace with Orleans. They're just one point back of the final playoff spot. And that's, man, that, they are right knocking at the door and just barely not far behind. Two, a uh, couple wins in a row for them. And they've got, now they don't get the benefit of getting to play Orleans again uh, this season. So they have to hope that somebody beats Orleans at least one or two times. And then they have to win the rest of their games. So we don't have any games to be played today on Thursday. It is a league-wide off day, so we don't resume action until Friday. And I'll just quickly run through the previews because we won't be uploading an episode tomorrow morning. So the way that these games are going to work themselves out for the matchups, Brewster is going to Wareham. They'll be throwing Zane Morehouse, the Texas starter, who they feel is their best guy right now. They're going to throw him um, at uh, at Wareham. Wareham does not have a probable listed. Katuit goes to Hyannis. They can close to completely sew up first place in the West and the rec- and the best record in the league for the regular season with a win over Hyannis. Uh, Zachary Volker is the probable for the Harbor Hawks from Cal State Long Beach. Kutuit does not have a probable yet. Bourne goes to Harwich. They're trying to build on some momentum and Harwich is trying to avoid another misstep. The Braves are going to throw Hunter Furtado from Alabama. Harwich does not have a probable listed yet. Orleans will be hosting the YD Red Sox. YD will be throwing Eric Yost, who is coming off of his weakest outing so far. Uh, They'll be asking him to get himself into playoff form against the Firebirds, who don't have a probable listed. And Falmouth will be going to Chatham. Chatham needs a win uh, in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. They're going to give the ball to Roman Kimball from Notre Dame. He looked really He's looked really good his last two outings. He faces Falmouth's Chase Jeter from, you know, from Bryant. He has thrown very, very well his last two outings, and they're going to hope for another one because their playoff spot is not totally secured yet, and they want to make sure that they secure it and make sure that they, you know, make it look even better. So, Enjoy your off day. That is it for this episode of the Cape League Roundup podcast. We will uh, be doing a new episode on Saturday morning. So we look forward to uh, having you back with us that day. We hope you get out and enjoy some Cape League or some Cape Day stuff, whether it be the beach, whether it be golf, whether it be going to set up a bonfire somewhere or a barbecue somewhere. Get out and enjoy Cape Cod. And when Friday resumes, we hope you enjoy some more Cape League baseball. Thank you.